Welcome to the Queen City Church Podcast. We're so excited that you decided to join us, and we wanted to personally welcome you. Thank you so much for listening in today. Our goal is that this message will encourage you and give you practical steps for a relationship with God that keep getting better and better. Enjoy the message. Today, we are starting a brand new four-week series called Unstuck. And vocabulary.com describes stuck as something, get this, frozen or fixed in one place and can't be moved. If your foot gets stuck in mud, it means you can't get your foot out of its messy trap. The lid of a jar can be stuck and your car can get stuck in traffic. Either way, I love this, the, the, the thing that's stuck isn't going anywhere. And I think that's such an accurate picture of what this whole idea of being stuck is. Now, it's one thing for that to describe like your foot that's stuck in mud or your car stuck in traffic, but it's a whole nother thing when that describes your life. Whenever your life can be described as that, when your life some area of your life can be described as frozen or fixed in one place or can't be moved or that stuck and just isn't going anywhere. But I've got some good news right off the bat for you today is that God has more for your life than that. God has more for your life than being stuck. In fact, he's never intended for you and I to live a life that would ever be described as stuck. So in this series, we're gonna be talking about how to get our lives unstuck. And today's message is really going to lay a lot of the foundation and the groundwork for this series. Really today, my assignment is to really kind of lay the foundation for the rest of this series. And so all I wanna do today, I wanna help you see three things. And I'm gonna go ahead and give you my points. These are gonna be the three points today. They're coming, okay? So my assignment is to help you see the reality of being stuck, the result of being stuck, and the response to being stuck. All R's, like good preachers, use alliteration. I don't do it all the time, but I am today, okay? So the reality of being stuck, the result of being stuck, and the response to being stuck. So if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, I've just entitled today's message simply, Help, I'm Stuck. Help, I'm Stuck. Let's pray and let's invite God to do whatever he wants to do over the next few minutes. God, we are so grateful to be here, whether that's through the miracle of technology or whether it's here in the room. God, we never will take for granted gathering together. And so God, today, right now, no matter what we've experienced leading up to this moment, no matter what we've experienced in our life, what we've experienced this week, what we've experienced this morning, whatever's happened today, God, we lay all those things aside and we ask that you speak to us today. God, I, I, I ask that we just don't hear from a man, but that we hear from you and that your word that is alive and active, that it'll become so real and tangible to us today. So God, we open up our entire lives to you. We don't wanna go through the motions today. We don't wanna play church. We wanna hear from you. And so God, we open up every single area of our life and we give you permission to speak and we ask that as we leave, that we leave different than how we came. We thank you. If anybody is stuck in here, help us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen. Let's dive straight into the points. Here's number one, the reality of being stuck. 
the reality of being stuck. We have to understand that today. We have to understand that the reality is, is that we have all, every single one of us, that we've all at times in some way have been stuck. You have, I have, we all have. And that doesn't make you broken. That doesn't make you messed up. That doesn't make you defective. Let me tell you what that makes you, human. The fact that we have all been stuck in some way at some point, that every single one of us have experienced that when areas of our life have been stuck. When an area of our life has metaphorically looked like this, that. There's been an area of your life in some way, shape, or form that has looked like that. Poor girl, I don't even know how that happened. And why didn't the parents just get her out? They said, hey, hold up, girl, let me take you a picture. <laughs> we gotta put this on the gram, you know? It's like, like, or when areas of our life may look like this. Yes, as a former English bulldog owner, that makes my heart happy. Uh, R.I.P. Stella. Um, and uh, y'all want one more? Why not? Let's just do it. Okay, one more. Or when your life looks like this. In case you aren't getting this picture, this kid is somehow in the, the claw machine, like somehow, some way he got in there. Don't know how that happened. But the reality is there's, there's parts of our life where metaphorically our life has looked like that. And here's the truth. There's a good chance that over the last year and a half, as we've walked through this COVID-19 pandemic, that at some point over that last year and a half, in some area of your life, it feels like you've gotten stuck. Because there's no doubt that everything that we've all experienced, nobody has been exempt from any of this stuff. Like nobody's had a free pass throughout this last year and a half. And there's no doubt about it that we've experienced some of this stuff in some way, shape, or form. And the reality is it's been so easy to get stuck. And maybe it's been so easy to get stuck in these specific ways. Maybe it's been easy for you to get stuck spiritually. Where at some point, it feels like your relationship with God has an e-brake pulled on it. And that I, I am just stuck spiritually. I'm not growing. I've lost all motivation when it comes to my relationship with God. Like I used to do all these things, but for whatever reason now, I don't. And I just feel stuck spiritually. Maybe for some of you, you've been stuck in loneliness. And you've experienced loneliness like you've never experienced before and that you've felt alone more times than you can count and you feel like you have no friends or that you're always left out and you're just stuck in loneliness. Or maybe you found yourself stuck in fear where it's not just a healthy fear but it's kind of morphed into this paralyzing fear that keeps you stuck right where you're at and you've been stuck in fear. Or maybe anxiety, maybe depression. If you study any like... COVID stats, you will see that this area has skyrocketed over the last year and a half. In fact, did some research this week and 40% of adults in America during this pandemic have struggled with mental health. Anti-depression medication is up 600%. And one out of four people, sadly, have contemplated suicide during the pandemic. Maybe you've been stuck in anxiety or depression. Maybe you've been stuck in financial stress and maybe you lost your job or you were furloughed or you're drowning in debt and barely making it month to month 
and it feels like the bills just never stop. And honestly, if you were to examine your financial situation, it looks like there's no way to even get out of it. It feels like you're stuck. Maybe you've been stuck professionally, like in your job, and it's like you, you can't stand your job. You could care less about what you're doing. Maybe even you make really good money, and so the money in the bank account is right, but the purpose and the fulfillment is very low, and you feel incredibly unfulfilled, and you just feel like there's no other options. Maybe you're stuck professionally. I thought about this is that it's been so easy. I don't know about you, but I feel like it has been for me, for me to get stuck in apathy, for me to just stop caring for the things that should affect our heart to stop affecting our heart, to lose our passion and our drive and to to stop caring. And life can be just best described as like blah and just feeling apathy. Maybe it's been so easy to be stuck in the past. And I started thinking about this when it comes to this one. It's like we can get stuck in the past one of two ways. We can get stuck in the past in like the good old days Remember back in the day when it was, remember pre-pandemic when we could, you know, and just all these things or like when my marriage was really good and we get stuck in the good days. Remember that stage of life? Come on, the dink stage, double income, no kids. Wasn't that so good? And we get stuck in the good days, but I've noticed that it's been so easy to get stuck in the bad days too where we've gone through something hard, where we've, where we've had, ba- like our bad days, it's so easy to keep living that same day over and over and over again to get stuck in the past. Maybe it's been so easy to get stuck in addiction, where all of a sudden you find yourself addicted and you wanna stop whatever it is, but it feels like you literally can't, Even, no matter how hard you try. Like you don't want to self-medicate. You don't wanna drink your life away. You don't wanna be dependent on drugs. You don't wanna escape to porn or hook up again, but you find yourself stuck there over and over and over and over again. I think it's been so easy over the last year and a half to be stuck in comparison that when we're stuck in comparison, here's why. Because over the last year and a half, probably all of us have spent more time on social media than ever in our lives. So we've been comparing more than ever in our life. So we've been actually comparing our normal, everyday, day-to-day life that we see to everybody else's highlight reel. And we just find ourselves stuck in comparison or maybe hurt, pain, and loss. It's been so easy to be stuck in that. Maybe throughout recently, like you've gone through the hardest thing you've ever gone through in your life. You've been hurt, you've been offended, something's happened to you, you got hit with something that you never saw coming. And right now you feel hurt, pain, and loss, and you're stuck. Maybe you've been stuck in exhaustion. And when you add all those things on that list up at the end of the day, you just feel tired. And you don't feel like, is this ever gonna stop? And so when you see this list, I wanna ask just for you to be just a moment of honesty. And here's what I believe. Maybe you don't believe this or maybe you haven't experienced this, but this is what I have a vision for, is that church would be the safest place for you to, to, to talk about anything. It's safe. And we work hard to make this a safe place. And so how many of you, if, if you are be honest, that you've been stuck in something on this list at any point in your life, just raise your hand up high. Leave it up, don't T-Rex arm that thing, put that all the way up, just so let everybody see. Okay, I want you to leave your hand up if, and this is gonna take a little bit more honesty, if you've experienced that, whatever that is, something up here over the last year and a half during this pandemic. Yeah, 
And this is gonna be very vulnerable. How many of you, if you keep your hand up, you're experiencing something up there right now? Here's the deal. Here's what I want us to see. There's a reality. There's a reality of being stuck. Listen, listen, we've all been there. We've all been there. There's a reality of being stuck, which leads to, number two, the result of being stuck. Is that there are very real results, there's very real consequences to finding ourselves in one of those places of being stuck. Like, and so often when we get stuck, here are the results, and I created another list that these are some of the results when we find ourselves stuck. Here's the first one is no peace. You can have no peace. Second is no joy. You could experience no self-control when you find yourselves there, or no purpose, or no perspective. And let me explain that one, because when I say no perspective, it's like you can't see anything else but your problem and your stuckness. You can't see anything somewhere around. It's like you can't see things from any other perspective but what you're going through right there. Everything is seen through that lens. And Proverbs 29, verse 18, in the message paraphrase, actually says this. It says, if people can't see what God is doing, like if you can't see beyond your perspective, if you can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And maybe that's what life is looking like right now just stumbling your way through life because you are experiencing no perspective. Maybe another thing that you could experience, another result is no hope, is that you don't see a way out. You don't see how this is ever gonna change and that this is gonna last forever and so you lose all hope, which is a very dangerous place because in Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, it says hope deferred. In other words, when hope, instead of it being right here, it's way over there. When hope deferred, man, that makes the heart sick. So in other words, no hope leads to a sick heart. And so that's one of the results of being stuck is no hope. Another is guilt. Another is shame. And by the way, those are separated because there's a difference between the two. Guilt says that I made a mistake and shame says I am a mistake. And those can be the results of being stuck. Maybe for you, one of the results is hiding. And so it's become very easy and second nature for you to just keep things behind the scenes and to hide your, your stuckness so that nobody can really see what's going on in your life. And you may be smiling on the outside, but your life on the inside is a complete grease fire. And it's because maybe the result of being stuck is being hiding. Maybe another is unforgiveness, bitterness, offense. Maybe another one that I wrote down is that we stop growing. Is that whenever we find ourselves stuck, Man, it feels like nothing is getting better and nothing's moving forward and, and like I'm just stuck in the same place or maybe one of the results, sadly, is that you just wanna quit and you wanna give up and you name the thing that you wanna quit and you wanna give up. Maybe you wanna quit certain people or wanna quit my marriage or friends or church or God or life. And the last one that I wrote down was because something that I read this week in my devos, which is my personal time with God. And when I was reading this, and I, by the way, when I do that, it's not for you, it's for me. But sometimes God gives me something for this moment. And I felt like he said, share this one. Here could be a result, is a crushed spirit. 
And it's because I read this in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 14. Listen to this and think about what we've been through. Is that the human spirit can endure a sick body. But who can bear a crushed spirit? I found that so powerful this week, reading that, thinking about what all we've been through and what we're currently going through right now. And like the human spirit can endure a sick body, but, but who can bear a crushed spirit? That's way worse. And so go back to that full list. Isn't this so encouraging? I mean, like, aren't you glad you came to church? You just that, hey, the encouragement's coming. Hang in there, hang in there, hang in there. But these are often the results and the consequences of being stuck. That's it. So if you're experiencing any of these things, if you're stuck right now, if the reality of being stuck has led to these results of being stuck, what do you do? How do you move forward? How do you get unstuck? Well, see, that leads us to number three. Good old point number three. We're gonna love point three. Point three is the response to being stuck. The response, the what do we do when we find ourselves in this? The response to being stuck. And here's the good news, is that the good news today is that you don't have to stay stuck. In fact, God never intended you to live a life that's stuck, that he has more for your life than the stuckness that you're in. He has more, he has more. You don't have to keep living life that way. He never intended you to. He has more for your life. In fact, John 10, 10, we have built our church on this verse because we believe that this is so true from the message paraphrase where Jesus says, I came so that they could have real and eternal life, a more and better life. Other translations say abundant life than they ever dreamed of. That that's the life that God offers you. That's a life. That's a life that just keeps getting better. That's a life that doesn't get stuck. That's a life that doesn't go in reverse. And that's the life, get this, that Jesus paid for us to have. And I don't know about you, but when I see that verse, that doesn't sound like a life that's stuck at all. That isn't. When I see that verse, when he offers a more and better life, like a better life than you and I could ever possibly live, doing anything else, following anything else, consuming anything else, the best life, that doesn't sound like a life that's stuck at all to me. And I'm convinced, after reading this book as many times as I can count, and going through a lot of life experiences where I've tried certain things, and where some things have worked, some things haven't, I'm fully convinced, and this is the big idea of this series, I am fully convinced that the best way to get unstuck is to get on mission. See, I believe that with all my heart. That is the response to being stuck. That if you ever find yourself there, the best way to get unstuck is to get on mission. Let me put it this way, that the best way to get unstuck is to stop making life about you. To not just focus inward, but to focus outward. To have something in your life to have a mission in your life that is bigger than you, that is bigger than your problems, that is bigger than your stuckness. And my burden today, and don't get me wrong, I have a burden today. It is so heavy on my heart. I feel like I'm seven weeks like a stinking, well, what's it called? The thing that gets pulled back? Slingshot, hell back <laughs> for seven weeks. And I've had this in my heart because my burden is to convince you that regardless of who you are, 
regardless of what you've done, or regardless of even where you are in your spiritual journey, that you have a mission directly, not from me, but from Jesus. And let me show you from the, from the first five books of the New Testament. So the Bible is made up in two different parts, the Old Testament and the New Testament. And the first four books of the New Testament are tell the historical story of Jesus's time on this earth. And then Acts, which is the fifth book of the, book of the New Testament, it tells the story of the first church. And so let me show you in the first five books of the New Testament that you have a clear mission from Jesus. Now, all these are words that are written in red which means Jesus said them in my Bible. Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 and 20. It says, therefore, go. That does not sound like a life that's stuck. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. That's everybody. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, these two verses are known commonly as the Great Commission. So in other words, that there is a mission that is from Jesus that he wants us to co with him. In other words, he wants us to join him on this mission. And by the way, it is the great commission, not the great suggestion. And this is, this, these two verses, the great commission, is where we get the mission of our church. I tried to think of a better one, but here's the deal. I cannot think of a mission better than the one Jesus already gave me. And so this is where we get the mission of our church, which answers the question, why do we exist? And we're gonna continue to tell you over and over again, this is why we exist. We exist to reach all people. And by the way, that includes you. And that includes your friends and your family and your coworkers and your neighbors and all 2.1 million people in the greater Cincinnati area. We exist to reach all people and teach them to have a relationship with God that gets better and better. And by the way, this is why we do everything that we do as a church, everything. It's why we exist. It's why right now we are giving away backpacks and school supplies to students and to families who need help. And if you wanna do that, today's the last day you can do that on your way out. The black tent outside, our outreach team is there. They'll have all the information of how you can participate, but that's why we do it. That's why we feed hungry people in our city. It's why we plant churches. It's why we help the Bible get translated into every world language. It's why we help girls around the world escape sex trafficking. It's why we invest our best in the next generation and the kids and students. It's why we have Sunday services and groups and growth track and dream team. It's why we do everything we do. And it's why as long as there's breath in our lungs that we will do everything short of sin to reach as many people as possible with the good news of Jesus. And please hear my heart with that. Please hear my heart. It's not about being a big church. It's not. It's about making a big difference. And there's a bit, I have no desire to just fill up auditoriums all around the city. I have no desire to do that, but I unapologetically will stand here and as long as you guys let me lead this bad boy, we're gonna make the biggest difference that we can in this city. That's what it's about. That's what it's about. It's why we do everything that we do. Because we're on mission, we always have been, we always will be. In Matthew chapter 28, the great commission demands that we are. 
But here's the thing, that's not just found there. Jesus, throughout the next four books of the Bible, he kind of peppers this in all over the place. Listen to this in Mark chapter 16, verse 15. And Jesus talking, he says, go, 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 go. Don't get stuck, go. Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Luke 24, 47, now you, you must go, go. Not just people that stand on platforms, not just people who articulate well, not just, no, no, go. Go, you, go. Go into all the nations and preach repentance and forgive forgiveness of sins so that they will turn to me. John 20, 21, again he said, peace be with you. And as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then in Acts 1, 8, right before Jesus ascends into heaven, this is after he went to the cross and three days later rose from the dead, defeating death, hell, and the grave. And it's right before he ascends to heaven. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere your jobs, in your neighborhood, everywhere. In Jerusalem, which is, the, which is like right where you're at, so for us, that would be Cincinnati. Throughout Judea and Samaria, that would be the region, so for us, that would be the United States. And to the ends of the earth, that's the world. So hear this loud and clear, church. If you're watching online, hear this loud and clear. You have a mission. You do. That applies to you. You have a mission. You have a God-given assignment. You have a purpose. You are not just here on planet Earth to suck oxygen, pay bills, get Instagram followers, binge Netflix, and build a beefy 401k. There's more to life. No, here's what I'm convinced of. You and I, we have a mission to make an eternal difference in the lives of other people that until we step into that, there'll always be something missing. That you have a mission to make an eternal difference in the lives of other people. And I hope that my passion is coming across because I want you so bad to get this. I want you so bad to buy into this and to get this, to not just hear this, but to live this. And here's why. Because I've tried other things. And I know, I know, I don't think, I don't feel, I know that this will change your life. That you getting on mission, that the best way to get unstuck is to get on mission. And over the next three weeks, I'm gonna show you how you can practically get on that mission that God has for you and and eventually just get unstuck. See, when I was thinking about this week's message, really, like the picture that God gave me is that today's all about the diagnosis. And then the next three weeks is the prescription. And which is, by the way, good doctors do that. They just don't start doing surgery and throwing medicine at you without ever knowing what's going on. Oh, you got a headache, brain tumor, take it out. No, it doesn't. It's like, well, let's see if like, it's just like some sinus pressure first before we kind of start doing anything crazy. Um, and so like, isn't that right? That's good, yeah, so he's a doctor. So good doctors will give good diagnoses before they give the prescription and the whatever's needed. And so that's what today is. Today, I just wanted to make sure that we all understood that there's a reality that we've all been there. All of us. You're not wrong, bad, defective, you're human. We've all been there. We've all been stuck. There's a reality to this. And there's 
some very real results to being stuck. But the good news is, is that God's got more for our lives than just this. And that he has a response. And that response is to get on mission. And over the next few weeks, we're gonna talk about how. But before we get there, I think it's really important for us to understand something. Before we talk about how, before we give like, here's some very practical things that you can do the next few weeks that I promise you is gonna help your life. Before we get there, if we don't deal with something first, it'll literally be putting a Band-Aid over an open wound. And it's the fact that before we get on mission, it's so important for us to get right with God. Before we start doing a bunch of stuff, our relationship with God needs to be right. And the Bible is very clear that we've all, every single one of us have been stuck in something called sin. It's the way that we fall short, it's our mistakes. It's all the ways that we miss the mark. And the Bible says that we've all sinned. In fact, in Romans chapter three, verse 23, it says for everyone, all of us, you, me, everybody, we sin and we all fall short of God's glorious standard. In other words, we've all been stuck in this sin problem. And the bad news today is that there's nothing that you can do when you find yourself there to get out of it. There's nothing that you and I can do with this specific area of being stuck. We can't. So the next three weeks, you can try that. And it may improve your life a little bit, but it's not dealing with the root, the, the what's going on, because we can't do that. So you can't give enough money away. You can't do enough good things. You can't go to church enough. You can't read your Bible enough. You can't serve on the dream team enough to get unstuck from that. You can't, like the bad news is, is that we can't do anything to get ourselves unstuck that way. But the good news is, which I say with a massive smile on my face, is that Jesus on the cross did what we could never do. And that he paid for our sins so that we could get unstuck. And in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, it says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Let me just put it this way, you will get unstuck from that issue known as sin. And see, I experienced that verse on June 25th, 1999, on the back porch of Burton Bible Building at Lipscomb University, where I went to college. And when I woke up that day, I started stuck. I was miserable. I had no purpose. I had no future. I had no joy. I had no peace. And honestly, I was living this double life. So there was the very public me, and then there was the private me. And they looked nothing alike. So if you would have seen me out in public, it would have been a certain way, and I would have projected myself in some way. But then if you would have only known behind the scenes, it was a totally different person. And I was exhausted because I was spending so much of my life trying to keep those two people separate. And so I was working so hard to project this image of who I was, but then at the same time, I was working so hard to keep people not from seeing this because I was stuck in so much shame and so much guilt. But then, at the same time, I was so frustrated and angry because I was trying so hard to not be that way. 
and I was trying everything I could think of, everything my parents taught me, everything that I learned growing up in church to try to get out of this myself. And the best picture that God gave me is that it was like I was in this muddy pit. And the more that I tried to get myself out, the more I kept digging myself deeper into that muddy pit. But on June 25th, 1999, it's like I finally looked up and I just saw Jesus like this. He said, you ready to get out? Because what you're doing is not working. But I can do what you could never do. And I could pull you out. And on that day, this is what I experienced. It's from Psalm chapter 40, verse two. This is what I experienced on June 25th, 1999. He lifted me up. He lifted me up out of the slimy pit where I was stuck. Out of the mud and out of the mire. And he set my feet on a rock. And he gave me a firm place to stand. I was no longer stuck. See, on that day, I experienced that. And I made a decision to start a relationship with Jesus, not have religion in my life, not have a list of rules and regulations, do's and don'ts, but a real relationship with him. And I fumbled my way through it for a while. And I got on mission. And I'm telling you, my life has never been the same. It hasn't been perfect, but it's never been the same. And here's my prayer today. My prayer today, before we talk about anything the next three weeks about how to get unstuck, is that you experience that. Is that you experience that today, like so many people have experienced in our church, that instead of you trying to dig yourself out of a hole that you can't get out of, you realize that Jesus is right there saying, hey, come on, I got you. And he can do, he can take you out of that muddy pit out of your stuckness and he can set you on a solid rock and give you a firm place to stand. And we wanna give you that opportunity right now. I want you to bow your head and close your eyes and just right here, right now, will you just ask God, will you ask him, just wherever you are in your spiritual journey, just pray this simple prayer. Just say, God, what are you saying to me today? What are you speaking right now? Ask him, what does my response need to be to this message? And maybe you're here and you don't have a relationship with God and maybe you've never said yes to Jesus. Like right now, you are stuck in your sin. And I'll say it again, before we get on mission, we need to get right with God. And there's only one way for that to happen. It's not by you working or trying or doing all these things. It's by you putting your faith and your trust in Jesus and receiving what he already paid for. To be able to make the decision that I made on June 25th, 1999, the decision to follow Jesus. And maybe you've never made that decision or maybe you made that decision in the past, but today you just need a fresh start. We're not gonna point you out. We're not gonna make you come forward or embarrass you in any way. We're just gonna, I just wanna lead you in a very simple but powerful prayer. And if you wanna be included in that prayer, today you know your decision 
is to get right with God. Today, you wanna start or restart a relationship with him. If that's you, I just wanna invite you on the count of three to put your hand up in the air with nobody looking around. It's just between you and God that you say, today, that's my decision. I need to get right with God. Before I get on mission, I need to get right with God. And if you're here and that's you, one, two, three, I got you, 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 I got you. I'm so proud of you, so proud of you, so proud of you. I got you, I got you, I got you. It's awesome, it's awesome. You can put your hand down and just pray something like this in your heart and just say, God, I love you. Jesus, I need you. I'm sorry that I've lived my life without you. I repent of my sins. I change my mind, I change my direction. Will you come live inside me and change me? Will you do what I can't do? And will you make me brand new? Right now, I surrender my whole life to you. I give you everything, I give you my life. And today I choose to follow you. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you and with every eye still closed and every head bowed, finally I want to, I want to, if you're stuck right now, you were one of the ones that raised your hand and said, that's me. It was almost everybody in the room. Maybe you're watching online and right now there's an area of your life, that first list, where right now you are stuck. I wanna pray for you. But also before I pray for you, I wanna encourage you. And I want you to know that if that's you, I want you to know that there's still hope. That right now there is hope for whatever situation that you're stuck in. In fact, if you're still breathing, there's always still hope and that this will not last the rest of your life. So don't give up, don't quit, don't throw in the towel, that whatever the situation is, I believe with all my heart that God can help you get unstuck, that he has everything that you need right now. He has everything. He has the power that you need, the peace you need, the comfort that you need, the joy that you need, the strength, the endurance, the vision, the wisdom, the energy, the healing, He has the self-control that you need, the patience you need, the purpose, everything. He's got everything you need. And so today, in Jesus' name, I pray for you. And I pray these words of Ephesians chapter three, verse 16. And I just ask that you receive this if you feel stuck today. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, that he will empower you with inner strength through his Holy Spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. And may you experience the love of Christ though it is too great to understand fully, then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. And the church said a big amen, amen. Yeah. Now, while you're clapping your hands, there were some people 
that raised their hand and made the most important decision of their life. And Jesus just lifted them out of the stuckness of their sin. So can we clap our hands and celebrate with all those? We are so proud of you. That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. If this message has changed your perspective on God or life, feel free to email your story to info at queencitypeople.com. We'd love to celebrate the change happening in your life. We'd also love to pray for you. If you have any prayer requests, big or small, head over to queencitypeople.com slash prayer and fill out the form with as much detail as you'd like. For more information about Queen City Church's service times, location, or events, visit queencitypeople.com or follow us on social media platforms at Queen City People. 